Today on We Here, there's major drama with the makers of The Sexiest Man Alive. Real Housewife of Atlanta Cynthia Bailey stops by to dish on the new season. And Lamar Odom put a ring on it. But not everyone is happy about that. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my god. We're on page six? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coughlin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, the Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Hey, Ian. Hey, Maggie. I do have some story behind a big story for you today. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, do you remember Anna Delvey? Oh, yeah, the wannabe socialite? Well, fake heiress. Fake I think heiress. wannabe socialite and fake heiress. Interchangeable. Basically, her real name was Anna Sorokin. Mm-hmm. She poses a socialite named Anna Delvey, who um, scammed banks out of about $200,000 mm. and was trying to get millions of dollars more to allegedly open a an elite art club in Manhattan. But it turned out the whole thing was fake. But she actually pulled the wool over a lot of people's eyes mm-hmm. in high society. Yeah. Including yours. She was one of the early scammers of the year of scammers, I believe. Yeah. One of the seminal scammers. Mm -hmm. So in any event, people are still talking about her. So she has been convicted. Right. She's serving up to 12 years in prison upstate. People in high society circles are still talking about Anna Delvey. Yeah. So basically, I, um, I had heard that... She had well, initially there there was a rumor going around town that she got married in jail. Dun 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 Exactly to another prisoner. So I had reached out to her attorney and he basically said, No, it's not true that she was married in jail. But it turns out that she did have a girlfriend mm-hmm. when she was at Rikers Island. And you know that there's this Netflix movie coming out about her, right, that Shonda Rhimes is Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Producing. So this could be like the next chapter. Who knows? Maybe this will end up in the movie. I hope so. Her there... prison love life. Yeah. All right, let's get into our first story. There can only be one sexiest man alive, at least in the magazine world. This week, Us Weekly tried to take on People's signature Sexiest Man Alive franchise when they released their own version called The Real Sexiest Men Alive, just hours after People revealed John Legend was their pick for 2019. A source exclusively told Page Six that People take sexy seriously and issued a warning to Us Weekly. People has been publishing their Sexiest Man Alive issue for over 30 years, so why would Us Weekly do this now? I think it's brilliant, Maggie. I love it. I think it's a great idea, and I think it was the perfect time to do it. First of all, just to reiterate, People Magazine's traditional honor is called Sexiest Man Alive. Singular. Us Weekly's was Sexiest Men Alive. The real sexiest men alive. Exactly. And then they had people vote on the sexiest men. Yeah. So I, And they used the same logo, right? So, they, so Us Weekly printed this in their magazine mm-hmm. on, with the same kind of a similar looking logo, yeah. right? And then they also had it online, which has now been taken down. Mm-hmm. So if you click on Sexiest Men Alive Us Weekly, it just says like, oops, can't find that link. Mm-hmm. 404 error. So that's gone, I guess, because of the the legal threat. But I actually, as I said, I, I thought it was a great idea. And in a way, I feel like the legal 
thing, it, the legal threat, it's kind of like, I don't know, like no one has a sense of humor anymore. It's sort of fun. It's like, it, when isn't this like fun competition and sort of between the magazines and maybe wouldn't even Sexiest Man Alive sort of almost help the Sexiest Man Alive brand for people? Mm. Or do you disagree with me, Maggie? You're, you're, you're I say disagreeing. Hmm. Mm, I do disagree <laughs> because Us Weekly is where I go when I want to read about what's in someone's bag. I don't consider them the authority on sexy. Like, people is so, like, their bread and butter are these franchises. Sexiest Man Alive, Most Beautiful Issue. Um, right, like how Forbes best has and worst the dressed. Exactly. Richest Forbes list. has the 30 under 30, the richest list. You know what I mean? All this stuff. Like, Us Weekly, I'm just not going to them for sexy. I'm going to them for photos of people at the grocery store. Their thing is that celebrities are just like us. People's thing is that it's aspirational. Right. Well, I thought, see, I found the Us Weekly thing, and now Us Weekly Weekly is owned by AMI, mm-hmm. the National Enquirer publisher. I mean, I found what they did to be kind of like cheeky and mischievous. But I don't think um, they're that humorous. I don't find any humor. You think it was Weekly. just a straight up like rip like, off. Let's do it and see if we can. The thing about it is, is this was the perfect year to launch this mm-hmm. challenge, though, even though it's now been sort of legally potentially shot down and um, scrubbed from the internet. But because people, the sexiest man alive this year is John Legend, who's basically like, I mean, John, I mean, I don't know, Maggie, you tell me, but I mean, he's just like sexiest Smurf. Oh my God, Smurf? <laughs> yeah. Why I mean, Smurf? The thing about, I mean, okay, John Legend is, he's cute and he's insanely talented. Like, I have to admit, I'm not a John Legend fan. Right. As you know, Maggie, I'm way too punk rock and edgy for that kind of scene, but- and I, I can't even name one John Legend song, to be honest. I don't know what they are. It's like he's like, it's like a Michael Bublé thing to me. Like, I don't wow. know what this stuff is. He's but an EGOT. He's an EGOT. <laughs> I know. He's amazing. I, but here is the thing. I have seen him perform at events, like at a bunch of events that I've been to. They're like, and now John. And he's amazing. Like, he comes out and he's like unbelievable and like mm-hmm. kills it. And he's like very charismatic. And he's one of those guys who like – gets on stage and has this amazingly magnetic charisma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in any event, you know, this was the perfect year, I think, for Us Weekly to launch this Sexiest Men because it was the the readers voted on it and, mm-hmm. and they put on their cover, who I would think is more appropriate as the world's sexiest men, Jason Momoa, mm-hmm. uh, The Rock, mm-hmm. and Chris Hemsworth. It was just the perfect year because if if it was the year that it was Idris Elba or Brad Pitt, who I always bring up on the podcast every time I have to name a Brad Pitt was the big cover image on Us Weekly. It's interesting you say that because while they are doing a blatant people ripoff, they are going with top tier talent with Brad Pitt's image huge on the cover. Well, I would say Brad Pitt, Momoa, The Rock and Hemsworth all sexier than John Legend. Do you agree or disagree, Maggie? So here's the thing. Or is it a redefinition of sexy where you don't have to have the chiseled... I mean, John Legend is just much more like like I the non-threatening male. John Legend, while he's very talented and an interesting guy, his stock has really risen because he's married to Chrissy Teigen, who is super vocal on Twitter. People love her, and she's everywhere. Like... It's this power couple where she's kind of so vocal about everything, he benefits from it by default. So it's the Tegan effect. It's the Tegan effect. Well, the, the, that's true. And I think the biggest um, bump that the that people got, the biggest publicity bump from the John Legend thing was when Chrissy Teigen 
tweeted like, mm-hmm. I've boned the sexiest man alive. Right. I just think it's like, is this thing kind of over anyway? Because yes. it's like when we're talking about gender fluidity, is it just like sexiest man alive? Should it be sexiest person alive? Right. I don't know. Like just sexiest man alive. It, it seems dated. very, it feels dated. It feels yeah. kind of antiquated. A lot of glossy magazines like GQ, all the men's magazines, mm-hmm. for example, are moving towards, a you know, more undefined sort of male thing and Mm -hmm. a more woke sort of editorial perspective this just seems really like Chippendales it feels very archaic like in a time that we're discussing what masculinity is what gender is I mean you have to give it to GQ who awarded Serena Williams during their man of the year event not too long ago you know to challenge that kind of old franchise man of the year and say like it doesn't really matter it should be person of the year it should be sexiest person alive but then you're like why are we why are we celebrating sexiness as this attribute you know right well and maybe that is why they picked the picked john legend to kind of go in a bit of a different direction and one thing i am surprised about though is that us didn't i mean they took it down after the we had reported that there was this legal letter Mm -hmm. or a threat this us took down the sexiest man thing like pretty quickly like they didn't really fight it at all so it's interesting that they didn't sort of think that that predict that might happen before they did this whole issue. Yeah. And what's happening in the print issues? Do you know? Is this thing, can we still, we have the issue we here, right? We have a copy of it here. But can I get this on newsstands or is it being pulled? I think they're pulling it now. So that's it. I'm not sure. This is, a collector's, this is a collector's <laughs> item. Well, some of the beauty of being at page six is that we get the tabloids a day early before they hit newsstands. You know, Maggie, the other thing is that I can speak about this with, you know, some level of expertise having previously been uh, on a sexiest list myself. What? Yeah, exactly. You That's true. Say. Unfortunately, the problem was that it was three years ago. Did they take it And around? I've never made it again. So I'm wondering if like the Should sexiness we get you a is publicist? diminishing. What do you want yeah, to do? Yeah, it's true. I was named one of New York's sexiest people. See see how my <laughs> my voice cracked when I said that. I, <laughs> Even like, you can't believe it. I know. I couldn't believe it, but it is true. I it's embarrassing but true. Wow. I was <laughs> I wasn't on people's sexiest <laughs> list. I was on Avenue magazines. Mm. Ooh, ooh. 25 sexiest New Yorkers. Wow, and I am just a person in New York. Well, you know what's interesting? Do you know how this whole Sexiest Man Alive franchise began? I want, no. I want to give you a bit of a People magazine history. Hit it. It started in 1985, and the first Sexiest Man Alive was Mel Gibson. Uh, that makes sense to me. And That's in my... it was born out of an exchange because originally... The cover of the magazine was going to be a story about Mel Gibson. And someone said, oh, my God, he's the sexiest man alive. And someone else said, you should use that as a cover line. Really? Yeah. It was just a staffer's comment on Mel Gibson. And now it's become probably their most That's You know what's franchise. weird? That's like something that happens. You know when like in romantic comedies, like Kate Hudson works at a magazine. Yeah. And it's always like really unrealistic in like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Mm-hmm. But that is very the way magazines work in the movies. Totally. And apparently... In 1985. In 1985, it actually is true. Working in magazines in the 80s was like working in magazines in the movies. And now it's like working in magazines in a 
sad documentary. Yeah, it's been going on for almost 34 years, but there were years that they skipped. In 1993, they voted Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford the sexiest couple alive. See, I'd endorse that. Next year, Pete Davidson, Kaya Gerber, bring it back in homage. Pete Davidson. You know, the (laughs) thing is, the one word that I really question is alive. Why alive? Why do we even need that? Why can it be Pete, sexiest man? Sexiest man alive. Because it'd be Paul (laughs) Newman every issue if it was sexiest Sexiest dead man. Come on. That's true, actually, Maggie. He He is the sexiest man not alive. Now, Maggie, you used to work at People Magazine. Yes, I actually worked on the digital team at People Magazine. And did you weigh in on the sexiest man alive? Were you on the panel of judges? Unfortunately, I was not because they let people vote. You know, for this issue, they had over 60,000 votes. But they treat this so seriously. It's shrouded in secrecy. So the, and even the staffers, like a lot of us didn't know until the day that it was revealed. So the people voted for John Legend? Yeah. The people oh, did. my God. I mm-hmm. guess I'm totally out of touch. What do I know? The results came from over 60,000 votes. And the ultimate list was 165 men who are included in the magazine. Do you think that people find John Legend sexy because it's like you take the elevator like up to his apartment and the door opens and you hear the tinkling of like piano and the crackling of a fireplace and then the swirling of brandy in a snifter and then like the crumpling of a of a foot on a bearskin rug and then he's like Scooby Dooby Doo. It's like that He's kind of sexy. He's wearing a silk robe. I get right because I guess it's that kind of sexy. He's like, "Hey, would you like some kombucha?" Or something. Oh no, I imagine he's like, "Hey, tell me about your day." Oh, I, I could yeah. see why that upset you. I picked up your dry cleaning and like all of the vegetables here. I check them for bumps. Like, yeah, and then he's, he's like, there to listen. "Do you want me to rub your feet with some CBD yeah. infused foot lotion?" Foot lotion, <laughs> right? And you're like, "Oh my gosh, John Legend, you're so sexy." Yeah, and he's like, "Wow, you look so thin today. Your skin <laughs> is poreless." And I'm like, "John Legend, right here I am." And then he's like rubbing your feet while you're tweeting. Maybe this sexiest thing is going in the right direction then and I'm wrong because like I guess I'm thinking in this antiquated way of like yeah like you know just ripping your shirt off and like you know like (laughs) spraying some ready whip in your face (laughs) I'm just like (laughs) in your own face sorry ripping your shirt off and spraying ready whip in your own face hey guys it's Maggie I'm here with Cynthia Bailey from the Real Housewives of Atlanta and many other accolades. Cynthia, thanks for coming in. Hi. Hi, Maggie. Long time no see. I know. This is like a weird throwback. Yeah, I feel like you like popped my cherry like years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You were like one of my first interviews when I first joined the show. (laughs) I know. It's funny how time has passed. Here we are both looking young and fabulous. Still here. Still standing. Ten years in the game. Can you believe I've been on The Real Housewives of Atlanta for ten years? Wow. Yeah. Where did the time go? Where did the time go? And where is the time going? Where is it going? I know, right? Uh, It's going, for me, the time is, uh, you know, I feel like this is, speaking of time, this is like one of the best times of my life. I am doing my thing. I'm so happy, engaged, having a wedding next year. Can we talk about the wedding? Let's talk about it. What can you tell us? Is it going to be big, small? Are we going to see it on the show? Well, uh, if I'm on television still. You will be seeing it on television. Okay. If I'm not on television, 
you probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, your fiance, Mike Hill, is also a TV personality. We see him on ESPN. Yes. We don't want to do a little cross promo ESPN Bravo. Wouldn't that be great? Well, actually, he's um, he used to be at ESPN. Uh, actually, Mike used to be at ESPN. Now he's at Fox Sports. Okay, and he also just started a new show. He's a host of a new show called uh, Fox Soul as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? We do kind of cross over. He comes and plays with me a little bit on Housewives. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a bicoastal relationship. He's in Los Angeles. I'm in Atlanta. So he comes and he, you know, he hangs out with me in the uh, the crew, the housewife crew. But when I'm in Los Angeles, I actually go to Fox Sports. I go to work with Bay Day. Uh, and I'm not into sports at all. So it takes a lot of love and dedication to go and watch him host a baseball game <laughs> when I don't know that much about baseball. Yeah. So that's love. And I actually recently, um, and actually recently he interviewed me on his Fox Soul show, which was pretty Great. cool. So another long-distance relationship we're seeing play out on the show is Kenya. Kenya and Mark. I mean, New York is a little closer to Atlanta, but at the end of the day, they're not in the same house, you know, every day. And after a while, you know, it it definitely takes a toll on the relationship. And, you know, as you know already, you know, Kenya's definitely having some issues in her marriage. Uh, I'm rooting for her and Mark. Uh, Kenya's my friend. I just want her to be happy. Brooklyn is amazing. Um... You know, I, I, I pray that they can get through their issues and, and, and work it out. But at the same time, happy parents have happy kids. <laughs> uh, I've been a product of that, and it does not work. Uh, didn't work for me. So I feel like, yeah, I just think, you know, whatever's going to be best for Kenya and what's going to be best for Mark is what, what they should do, and, and definitely what's best for Brooklyn. And if that looks like them being together under the same roof, that's what they should do. But if it's not going to make everyone happy, then I don't think there should be any pressure to do it. Brooklyn's going to be fine. She has two amazing parents that love her. I mean, that baby is the happiest baby I've ever seen. Does she look like she's suffering? <laughs> Nini and Greg. I mean, this trailer, when this dropped, everyone was like, is no one's relationship safe this season? It seemed like you were the only one. This one's breaking up. Nene and Greg are talking about an open relationship, all this stuff. How did that feel for you? Because you've been on both sides of it now. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I don't really know, you know, obviously, you know that Nene and I are not as close as we used to be. So I don't really know a lot about um, the open relationship conversation. I'm actually looking forward to seeing that on the show my own self because (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Uh, However, you know, everyone else is going through different, um, as far as everyone else who's going through different uh, issues in their relationships. Uh, it, it's it's crazy because I feel like I didn't even know I was going to meet someone and right. be in love and planning a marriage, a wedding, because I was like, you know, I always wanted to fall in love again, like at least find love, but I never, it never had to be in a marriage package. Mm-hmm. I could have just, you know, I just find somebody that I'm crazy about I can just kick it with, you know. Right. I'm very yeah. happy at Lake Bailey. You know, Mike's a whole person. He's very right. happy in L.A. and Porter Ranch. Uh, the fact that I'm actually going through this journey again is mm-hmm. is amazing. And then I look around at all my friends and everybody else's stuff is falling apart over here. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I want everybody to be happy. This is yeah. crazy. I mean, the good thing is, you know, Candy and Todd, they're still doing their thing. You know, they're super solid. Um, you know, love their relationship. And also Eva and Mike, uh, her husband, they just recently got married. And, you know, they're they're solid as well. I mean, it's, it's you know, you know, and even, well, you know, Nene and Greg, like they've been going through their stuff. You know, they had. You know, he was dealing with his cancer last year. 
Um, they, you know, were married, divorced, got married again. Um, you know, obviously there's a, a deep-rooted love there. You know, they, they seem to always, you know, work it out in the end. So I don't know what this open marriage thing is, but I'll be watching. So let me ask you, since you, I know that you guys get the episodes maybe a few days before they actually air, do you take notes or anything so when it's reunion time you're, like, checking off the list? You know, I don't, but I should. And Mike was just telling me that because, you know, I always talk to him about the episode because he's kind of like, you know, my rational brain. Because it's so hard to, like, watch yourself and be objective about what you see and right, what you know, happens on the show. But he actually told me that because by the time we get to the reunion, so much has happened. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to remember everything, honestly. You know, my castmates joke with me all the time because they're like, well, you know, well, you had to, you know, you said in the scene, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> that was like. Eight months ago, you expect me to remember exactly what I said in that scene. Taking notes is a good note. I'll take note that I should take notes. So I can be uh, a lot more prepared when I get to the reunion. So what are you looking forward to the most this season since we kind of just kicked off? You know, what are the viewers going to see? I'm looking forward to continuing to mend the relationships that have broken. Um, enjoy my new friendships that are blossoming and keep you know, the friendships that are in a good place. Like, I really want to be at least cool with everybody. Like, I just am not in this headspace of just, like, wanting to fight and argue and be mad at somebody for, like, the next three or four months. Like, I just don't want to do it. Like, if we could get to a place of some kind of, you know, resolution, then I'm team resolution. But I'm also team reciprocity. And (laughs) I will be reciprocating the energy that I'm given. So if you are throwing me shade, then you're going to get shade. If you're being nice to me, then I will be nice to you. And that was pretty much my mantra for season 12, reciprocity. So if you're throwing me shade, then you're going to get shade. If you're being nice to me, then I will be nice to you. And that was pretty much my mantra for season 12, reciprocity. It is what it is. How do you want to do this, honey? Mm. <laughs> you guys will definitely see, uh, you know, Nene said you guys will see a different Cynthia Bailey. Well, that's kind of true. You're going to see a happier Cynthia Bailey. You're going to see a newly engaged Cynthia Bailey. And you're going to see a Cynthia Bailey that, you know, I always get a lot of flag for not having a backbone because I'm not really a confrontational person, whatever. I don't really like and enjoy drama. But... And I'm kind of like a high roll girl and and extend the olive branch kind of a girl. But if you, you know, come for me, I'm not that girl that's going to be like, oh, well, let me just go and extend an olive branch and try to make it right. No, the tree does not have any more branches over here at Lake Bailey. And if you want to make it right, then you're going to at least have to meet me halfway. If you could tell yourself past self when you first appear on housewives if you could go back in time and tell her listen this is how you're going to play it or this is my advice for you what would you tell that cynthia don't lose your identity and don't lose yourself because what i think one of the main reasons why i've been on the show 10 years is because i'm me i'm cynthia there is no one else on the show like me and i don't think i ever lost that but at the same time be a better and a stronger cynthia like, just keep working on your growth. And I feel like I've grown on this show. And, you know, at the end of the day, with age comes wisdom. And also with age comes the right to say, no, no, I don't think I'll be giving you an olive branch today because you don't deserve one. And, you know, it just took me a while to get there. And 
I, I just, you know, I'm a giver. I like to give, but I don't want to be, you know, taken for granted. I don't want to be taken advantage of. And, and, and that's it. And I think that is my superpower is being me, but just being a better, stronger version of me. Every year, I'm a little older, a little stronger, and a little wiser. Mm. Write this down so at the reunion, we can hear these powerful words again. <laughs> Cynthia, thank you so much for coming in today. You're so welcome. It's so good to see you. You too. Lamar Odom is engaged again. The 40-year-old former NBA star, who was previously married to Khloe Kardashian, announced his engagement to girlfriend Sabrina Parr on Instagram. But in true made-for-reality TV fashion, the news comes with its fair share of drama. Ian, what do you think about Lamar Odom getting married again? I think it's a terrible idea, Maggie. I think pretty much anything Lamar Odom does is a terrible idea, besides just, like, stay at home. Oof. And, like, watch Netflix and just chill. Or I guess he did Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Right? But it just seems like his personal life has just been such a a mess. So tumultuous. And so, and then he also got engaged to this woman, and then his his teenage son um, went on social media and basically chewed him out for saying that he didn't tell his family first, so he went ahead Mm. and got engaged to this woman, but he didn't tell them. And then the son ended up... um, being kind of the responsible one by going, he deleted the post and then went on and said like, hey, I was just upset about this. I'm a teenager, you know, give me a break. Mm. This is interesting because, so Sabrina Parr, if you're unfamiliar with her. Very. She's 32 years old. She's a personal trainer, allegedly. But on Instagram, she calls herself a health and life coach. She sells detox tea, like, you know, like flat tummy tea. Oh my God, everybody sells detox tea. And she has a website that's just like for the tea. Anyway, listen, they've been doing press because they're working on a reality TV show, which I believe is called Lamar and Sabrina. Oh God. Oddly reminiscent of Chloe and Lamar, (laughs) his other reality show with his ex-wife, Chloe Kardashian. But they've been doing a ton of press for it and they were on The Real in September and the hosts asked him, what are you doing different this time around in the relationship? And Lamar said, I'm involving my family. And huh. then, here that, we go. That's weird because his son, mm-hmm. Lamar. Also named Lamar. Morales Odom Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote that when his dad got engaged, quote, not a text or phone call to see how people who've known this dude his whole life. It's always bad when you're referring to your dad as this dude Um, (laughs) to see how we would feel or react. He's saying he he knew her for he knew her. And when I say knew her, he 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 said knew shoddy. Shorty. I think refer to no it's (laughs) S-H-A-W-T-Y shoddy. (laughs) Why do you sound like you have a southern accent when you say it? That's how you pronounce it. Shorty. Shoddy. <laughs> For four months and already got you twisted. Who got him twisted? Sabrina Shoddy Parr. got him twisted. <laughs> In four months. Fam and friends already don't approve of homegirl. Me neither. Preaching the choir here because she already got your bleep in a sunken place. Damn. That's wow. Sunken place, yeah. dude. Oof. It's a shame that family has to find out on social media, but that's been how... Life's been all the time as a son of an Odom. Damn. You son of an Odom. Well, he's not wrong because <laughs> Lamar Odom, basketball player. So that, that's the thing is, I mean, if you look, I mean, the person who must be psyched about this engagement, Chloe Kardashian. Is she though? I think so. 
because I okay, this is how maniacal and diabolical I think, Maggie, if I were a reality TV star, because if Lamar Odom was going to get engaged, um, you want it to be to someone who's kind of like less famous than you. Right. Who no one's really ever heard of, who's selling like detox tea and is an alleged personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a reality show with who's not going to be. You know what I mean? Like the worst thing that could have happened is if he started going out with someone as or more famous, mm-hmm. um, which would be challenging in his case, or someone, you know, in the Kardashian Jenner constellation. Right. Which is always a possibility with them. Very true. Although I think he's been banned from that solar system. (laughs) (laughs) Banned from the Kardashian galaxy? Well, you know what's interesting? So everyone's like his son is saying, you guys like only know each other for what, three or four months and you're getting engaged. Chloe and Lamar got married a month to the day that they met each other. So this is gross. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a good point. Let's give him some credit. And his son did say, then released a statement after deleting that former post. And said, last night I was emotional seeing my father got engaged through social media. I was hurt and caught off guard. At the end of the day, I'm a teenager that is becoming a young man. I have to be responsible for what I post. I have nothing but love for my dad and want what's best for him. Mm. Um, But this is like, I don't know. You can't help but compare everything he does with this new woman, Sabrina, to everything he did with Chloe. You know, we're 10 years out. Chloe and Lamar got married in 2009. Their divorce was finalized in 2016. Lamar's life has been crazy. Right. I mean, it's his life. I mean, in 2015, right, remember, he overdosed at a brothel um, outside of Las Vegas on a five-day sex and drug binge and Mm -hmm. nearly died saying that he had 12 strokes and six heart attacks um, while he was in a coma. Remember that while he was in the coma, Chloe withdrew a request for divorce to help him in his recovery. And then the divorce went through in December of 2016. Which is, I mean, class all the way. And she was like, I'm going <laughs> right. to help you out. I believe she made sure he got the best care and made sure his children were flown out to see him and all of that. You know, I think that was her, despite everything that happened between them, which I believe there were allegations of infidelity and stuff like that and his drug use, obviously, she still was like, we're still legally married. I'm in a position to help you. Yeah, that's cool. And I guess... It's good, good, good plot for reality TV. So yeah. why not go along with it? Yes. To like to show how bizarre the world we live in now, and where reality TV and reality and dancing all bleed together in a cocktail of in a tango of in a t- <laughs> strangeness. So yeah, so Sean Spicer commented on the engagement. I think he w- he wished Lamar Odom the best. So while Lamar Odom's own family isn't that into it, Sean Spicer is. Mm. It sounded Speaks like Sean fine. Spicer might have written the son's second statement after the the first one was very like off the cuff. The second one seemed like very polished. Yeah. So who's doing the crisis PR? Yeah, for Lamar Sean Odom's Spicer. Kids? Sean Spicer. That it had a spicy tang to it. That statement. <laughs> I recognized that one. I don't know. Also, Sabrina has been seen hanging out with other reality TV stars. She was at an event thrown by Nene Leakes from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Jennifer Williams from Basketball Wives was also there. Like, she's really kind of ingratiating herself into this world. And I think she's ready for her moment in the spotlight. When they got engaged, Lamar posted a photo of the two of them. Like, so happy this is going to be my wife. And she posted a photo of her ring. Just the hand with the ring sparkling. 
which I would just like to point out. And she out, said, so happy this is going to be my ring. So happy it's a pear-shaped diamond. It was pretty big. Actually, comparatively, the ring that Chloe was given, 12.5 carats, radiant cut diamond, solid diamond with a halo around it. Right. Sabrina's ring is a cluster of diamonds, so it's not one big diamond. It's a cluster of diamonds that equates to three or four carats. Wow. Talk to the experts, did the math. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully this marriage won't be a cluster bleep. It's time for our favorite part of the show. Let's take a look in the Page Six vault to see what ancient celebrity juicy exclusive we've uncovered from yesteryear. Juicy. Back in 2012, Page Six published a story with the headline, William and Kate finally join royals for a late Christmas celebration. Back then we wrote, William and Kate, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, finally joined the royal family for a late Christmas celebration after spending the holidays with the Middleton family. The couple arrived at the Queen's Norfolk estate, Sandringham House, on December 26th. William and pregnant Kate were seen going to church with the Middleton family on December 25th, but according to the UK papers, the palace requested that no pictures of her be published from that gathering. Their decision to skip the Royals' Christmas Day celebration at Sandringham was a break from tradition. And now, in 2019, we've got another one, thanks to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Wait, another another controversy? Another break from tradition. This is a break from tradition and one that I do not approve of, Maggie. I think it's ridiculous. Okay, so the break is this. Meghan and Harry will be spending Christmas with her mother, Doria, in the United States instead of with the Queen. Terrible mistake. Why? First of all, I, I feel... First of all, as a Brooklyn Jew... Okay, my dream is to spend Christmas with the Queen at Sandringham. That's my ultimate goal. Okay, is it? You don't have in that much life. time left, and it's well, it's not going to happen. You know what's <laughs> weird? There's certain things, Maggie, that I've had as you move on in life, Maggie. You realize there's some things in life that are never going to happen for you, but they're kind of okay. Like for example, I always wanted to live in a hotel. Wow. I mean, that, I I always wanted to live in like a hotel and like. Just, you know, there's like maid service every day, like live in like the Carlisle or something, like really small room, but at the Carlisle, okay? That was always my dream. But now if I was living in a hotel, that would be really bad because that would probably mean I've been like kicked out of my house or something and was like, or like on the run. But so that's not going to happen for me. I'm not going to live in a hotel. And you know what? I'm probably not going to be invited to Sandringham for Christmas with the Queen (laughs) And the other royals. But I would love to. That would be awesome. Don't turn that down. First of all, the queen is old as AF. AF. (laughs) The queen is old at AF. She's got corgis. Everybody loves that No, but it's like, think of it. It's like the ultimate Christmas. It's like there's the corgis and there's the fireplaces and there's the plaid or the tartan. You know, it's in Scotland. And it's like, I don't know. It just seems like the ultimate place to spend Christmas. I I guess it's nice that they're going to be with her family and stuff, but it seems kind of like a drag to me. Okay. Let's put it this way. Megan is getting totally annihilated by the press over there. She probably mm. wants a break. Maybe she doesn't want to be by the queen. Her mom is a yoga teacher. Maybe she wants to do some shavasana with her mom and her new baby. Huh? Oh, that sounds terrible. The thing is also, can't they just go to spend Christmas with the queen? She's not going to be around that much longer. Uh, but maybe you know? they'll do a private... Christmas celebration with the Queen. Maybe they'll do something not in the spotlight with the big gathering of the family. 
Also, isn't he still beefing with his brother, Prince William? Maybe yeah, that's I mean, why they're not spending it together. maybe it's sort of a dragon. There's probably a lot of swords around, which isn't that homey. If I were in Sandringham for Christmas, uh-huh. that would be the first occasion that it would be appro- it would be appropriate for me to don a kilt. But you're not in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. Sandringham is in Scotland. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, shit. Isn't it? I don't know. It is? Yeah. Wait, wait. It's in England. It is. <laughs> I take it back. Thank you. Well, forget it. I don't want to spend Christmas there now either. Oh, my God. You're really. Watch the crown. <laughs> it's about to come back. Just watch the crown in Brooklyn and yeah, wear a plaid jacket instead of hang with the queen in Sandringham. No, but it's like I'd like to just. It sounds fun. And like, you know, it's like for our Christmas, maybe we put on some Christmas music on like Spotify or like you're like Alexa play Christmas music. At Sandringham, they're like, strike up the band. Yeah, but I don't think it's that chill. I think it's very proper. And like, sleigh ride? No problem. We get get the sleigh. Release the reindeer. I don't think it snows there like it does here. <laughs> maybe I, you, maybe this like, fantasy that I have is like <laughs> totally out of whack, Maggie. You might be right. Have you been to England? <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of We Hear. Hear, hear. <laughs> to hear the latest We Hear episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more of the hottest celebrity news and gossip by signing up for our newsletter and by visiting page6.com. We'll be back next Monday with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.